Well, this is Michael Allen Cooper, and you've tuned in to the House of Amazing Grace. It's not by chance, it's by design. Amazing so bear with me. Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fear. Satan would tell you this plenty of time. Jesus would tell you walk a narrow line. There's no time. There's no time. No time for the killing. No time for the wars. No time for the living behind locked doors. There's no time. There's no time. No time for you to hide, no time for foolish pride, no time to walk away, no time for you to say there's no time, there's no time, there's no time, there's no time. Satan would tell you there's no need to worry. Jesus would tell you you better hurry. There's no time. There's no time. No time for the lying, no time for the hate. No time for the people who would rather wait. There's no time. There's no time No time for you to hide No time for foolish pride No time to walk away No time for you to say There's no time 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 There's no time
Welcome, you know, uh, it's another day and it's another time. And, uh, it's only been a week, but it seems like the time goes slow. And then all of a sudden the time is gone and it seemed like it went fast. It's a funny thing. You know, time was invented by the Lord for man's sake. We need time to be able to measure and be able to recall and calculate everything in our lives. God didn't need time. He, he's, uh, he's in a whole different realm than, than time. So time had no relevancy for him or to him. He, a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. So let's don't worry about time other than, you know what? Peter said a couple thousand years ago, brethren, we are in the last days. Now, if we were in the last days a couple thousand years ago, I am thinking we're kind of in the last hours, last minutes, maybe even the last seconds of this dispensation called dispensation of grace. So, let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, what does it really mean when we say, oh, I have time? Well, we think we have time, uh, and, and actually, if, if we don't have the Lord in our lives, we might not really have time like we think we do, because having Him is having time. If, if you're walking with the Lord, you have all the time in the universe forever and ever. I was just thinking a while ago, you know, it's forever and a day, and a day, and a day, and a day, and a day. So forever never ends if you have forever and a day. But if we don't walk with the Lord or seek Him or want Him in our life at all, there comes a time when time will be no more for us. Uh, the, you, you'll be cut off from time other than the agony of knowing that this absence of good and absence of the Lord and absence of light and warmth is going to last forever. I would hate to be in that condition where I knew I'm in a place where I can't get out and I can't change it and I'm going to be there suffering in that kind of realm forever and ever and ever. Never a chance another chance to get out of it and uh, that's a sobering thought but uh, you know I usually come on here to talk about hope I want to talk about some things that uh, are you know uplifting and and give you some hope you don't have to dwell on the fact of oh you know I'm just gonna not make it you don't have to do that. You don't have to accept the standard of this world and the standard uh, that uh, the enemy has placed upon mankind. Our hope is in the Lord. And uh, if we don't have that hope, we're miserable people. You know, he gives us hope. He gives us joy and, and the kind of things that you really want and you really desire. Uh, if you don't have that kind of hope, then... You know, it's kind of all for naught. It's all for just a moment. And uh, then what? Then what? 
I want to see my uh, ancestors. I want to meet Adam. You know, I really think about like Adam and Eve. You know, it's going to be interesting to meet them and hear them tell what was going on in the garden and how nice it was. But we will actually live in that kind of quality of state. You know, uh, the Garden of Eden was just a taste of, of what heaven's going to be like. We'll be caretakers of the universe. We'll be caretakers of all things in all places forever. So this big old giant organization's going along with millions and millions of people. Somebody has to do something, you know. I mean, nobody has to clean toilets. But, you know, we will be doing things. We will be busy about God's business and preparing and, and uh, maintaining you know, we will have joyous reunions. We'll have times of fellowship. We'll have times of, of uh, getting together for meals. We'll have times of going to the temple once a month. And each month is a different kind of fruit on the tree of life. So we'll go there once a month and we'll, we'll eat of the tree of life. And it was in the garden, in the original Garden of Eden. And that tree will be... Uh, again, available to us. It's still growing and it's still in God's presence. That tree of life that bears a different fruit every month, uh, we will eat off of that every month. And we will go there. And, and the Bible proclaims it loudly. It says, let us go to the house of the Lord and, and proclaim his goodness. You know, you don't have to proclaim his goodness, but you will. You'll want to. You'll be glad to do it because he is greater than anything we've ever imagined. We don't have to stay in a world of mully grubs, you know. We don't have to be bummed out. We don't have to choose that. And it is about choosing. Your choices are what lead you. Every day is a new day. And it, the, the Bible's clear about this. Uh, God's uh, mercy is renewed every single day. He forgets the past. He puts your past in the sea of forgetfulness, in the bottom of the ocean of forgetfulness. And then he teaches us how to forget those past sins and, and bummers and, and just hardships and you know, serious, serious things that just weigh us down and cripple us forever. He teaches us how to forget that. And how to live and maintain in a new way, with new hope and, and a new day. So you're, you're not stuck there. You don't have to go to that place every single day and live in that grayish uh, world of depression. You don't have to do that. And if it sounds like I kind of ad-lib on some of this, I kind of do. You know, I'm letting the Holy Spirit guide this conversation. I'm letting the Holy Spirit say what He wants to say. It's not about what I say or what I do. It's about the Holy Spirit. And each time, the Holy Spirit would want to say a certain thing to a certain person. And how is He going to reach you if you're not listening or you're not paying attention? If you really want to hear from the Holy Spirit, you need to turn off the TV. You need to get those headphones off of your ears. You know, and quit listening to all the world's music 
And uh, you need to seriously spend some time alone in a quiet place and just bow your heart, mind, and soul before the Holy Spirit of God and say, Lord Jesus, speak to me. Tell me. Because if you'll, if you'll turn all that off and you'll just bow and, and place yourself on his altar, he will speak to you. And so what if it takes an hour or two or three hours or maybe it takes a whole day? What if you had to lay there for like a day or two or three? Wouldn't it be worth it to come away as a new person, a new creation that doesn't have the burden of the past, the world that is on your shoulders right now? You could get rid of all that. It could just be gone. Place it on that altar and wait there. And place yourself on that altar and wait there. You know, there's no better time in my life than the night that I prayed through. And I just stayed with it and stayed with it. And day after day, I sought the Lord with all my heart, soul, and mind. And finally, there was a breakthrough. Because, you know, he's, he wants to know if you're serious or not. If you're not serious, he already knows that. But, you know, if you're not serious... It's 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 evident. You you're like, okay, well, I really got other things on my mind, you know. So clear your mind, clear your heart of all those things that weigh you down and just place them on the altar and say, Lord, I, I need your help. I need your input here. I, I need your Holy Spirit. I need your dry erase board in my mind where it can be cleaned off and start over. I'm done with all that. I've been burdened down long enough. You know, I, I was burdened. I was in the king of failure. I failed and failed and failed until you wouldn't believe it. Paul said that he was the uh, king of sinners. But I tell you what, Paul didn't realize what was going to be going on in the last days. It's, it's worse nowadays. There's a lot more sin available, and there's a lot more things that create sin, and there's a lot more opportunity to just do it in a way that nobody really seems to mind. Nobody notices. People don't care if you go out and sin. They don't care. You, you can go do what you want. Our society has set it up to where it's okay. You can be a drunk. You can be a drug addict. As long as you're not killing people, you can just be able to do anything you want. And it's total neglect of the reality that what, of what you need. Of what you need is what you uh, really want down in your heart for eternity, you know. Some contentment, some satisfaction, and, and some real peace and joy down in your soul. But you, you can only have that if you give away all the excuse my language, but all the crap that's going on. You know, give away all that. There's there's a lot of things in our world that's being offered. It's just absolutely junk. It's absolutely trash. You know, so uh, take your little bucket of road apples and throw them off to the side and empty it and clean it out and and get yourself on the altar and say, Lord... I need you, and I need to t to have what you input into me and fill my bucket with what you want in there. 
And it won't be the same as other people. It won't be the same as everybody. You, you've read their books, and you know what certain people got. You might not get all the exact things. But the Lord has a new thing for you. He has a new plan. He has an eternal plan for your life. And he'll give you what you need. You don't have to settle for the world's scraps off the table and, and just be a beggar. You know, the Lord has a new suit of clothes and a new way, new shoes. He has a new hat for you, a new vest. He's got a brand new conveyance to where you can walk around and, and convey yourself in this world and be a new creature, a new creation, and be renewed every single day because his mercy is new every day. I could expound on that for hours. But I want to really tell you that there was a time, say, you know, I just, let me just throw this out there, you know, millions of years ago. And we wonder, well, what was God doing all that time? You know, if there, if there's a God, when, how come he waited or, you know, what, what was he doing for millions of years? A lot of people have that question. I can tell you right now what he was doing. It, the Bible's clear about this. He says he searched the heavens to see if there was any other God before him. You know, that took a while. You don't just search eternity in a, in a, in a moment. Now, he's, he's omnipotent and he's omniscient and he's all knowledge, but he's a gentleman and he took the time to search out eternally in every single direction and he proved it by putting stars out there everywhere he'd been he he put galaxies and universes i mean there's not many 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 universes but in this universe he put solar systems and galaxies and stars and and you know like little satellites he he's got a names on every single one of them and they're out there in every direction forever they go on eternally out there in every direction and man is just now finding that out we realize now that you know it just keeps on going and uh th they think they know so much but we know so little our knowledge is so limited you could fit all of our knowledge in a thimble and set that little thimble on God's little finger, his fingernail. That little thimble wouldn't hardly even be a drop in the ocean. And if if the ocean was a, a billion times bigger, it'd still just be a little teensy drop in that ocean of, of what we know compared to what God knows. So I say, hey, let's trust him. He's been there. He knows that. He's He's seen it all. Uh, he doesn't lie, so you can trust what he says. He hasn't made a book of lies. He, he made a book that tells the truth. Good, bad, and ugly, it tells the truth. And some of his people didn't do so good, and we know that. But that has no bearing on what God does. God's holy. He's truthful. You know, he, has in, he is integrity. He invented integrity we don't have to 
uh, worry about, well, maybe he didn't tell us everything. He told us everything we need to know. Everything we need to know is known. He's made made it clear, made it to, you know available to us to know what he knows that we need to know. Now, uh, whether you accept it or believe it or not, that's a whole other thing. But he has presented us with the truth. The truth, and Jesus even said, you know, I am the truth. He was the truth walking around with two legs and two arms. And, uh, you know, he was a human. The truth, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Now, everything he said not wasn't recorded, but most of it was, you know, a lot of it. The idea and the gist of it he's, that was wrote down. People were writing stuff down. And especially once he was crucified and died and rose again from the dead, them guys got the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit helps us remember what he said. You know, I recall things from the Bible by the Holy Spirit. Not because of my ability, but the Holy Spirit in me knows all those words and knows all the phrases and knows all the intents. He knows the truth, the way, and the life because he is the truth, the way, and the life. The Word, which is the truth and way and life, became flesh. It dwelled among us. And then, of course, a lot of the higher-ups in the church and even some of the people and, you know, the enemy himself were all joyful when he was crucified. And they thought, okay, well, we've put an end to that, uh, that Jesus fella. Uh, you know, he says he's the truth, way, and the life, but he couldn't even save himself off the cross. Well, he didn't want to. He, he went to that cross willingly. Nobody forced him. He went to it knowing it was coming and went ahead and walked in and allowed it. He didn't. He wasn't forced and pushed and whipped towards it. He carried it, and and then when he couldn't, someone else carried his cross for him. Are you willing to carry that cross? Are you willing to say, I'll I'll grab that cross and pick it up and you know, tell the world that it's a true thing that happened and. It's the most important fact, really, that ever happened in the whole wide world. It's more important the garden, than the Garden of Eden. It's more important than Moses giving the Ten Commandments. It's more important than uh, Enoch. It's more important than uh, Noah saving animals and his kids and their, their wives. You know, it's more important than that. A greater than Abraham was there and is here now. You know, he told them that. Before Abraham was, I am. He he can say I am because he was, he is, and he always will be. He always was, and he always is, and he always will be. If this is making sense to you, you know what? The Holy Spirit's speaking into your heart, and he's telling you things that he wants you to know. The Holy Spirit wants you to know certain things. And if you'll open your heart and be receptive and learn those things, you know, get your Bible out. Study it every day. Read it every morning and every night. And ask the Lord to open your eyes and show you 
what truth he would have you to see in what you're reading. And you know, over the years, I've noticed what I read 40, 50 years ago, I read it now, and it's kind of as more alive than it ever was. I see things in there that I didn't see back then because I didn't have the maturity and I didn't have the Holy Spirit in measure like I do now. You you get a certain measure of the Holy Spirit when you first give your heart to the Lord, but then as you grow, the Holy Spirit in you grows. And He shows you more and more things and He'll take you to places and allow you to see more and more. And you'll become more and more amazed. It's like God's amazing grace. That's why this is the house of amazing grace. The amazing grace of God is displayed in the Holy Spirit because He is so patient. And He is so kind and so willing to be patient, to wait for you and to say, you know, if you'll just listen, today you can be saved. Is there a way that you'll listen? You know, I guess if there isn't, you've already turned this off. But for those of you who are still willing to listen, you're not just listening to me. What word can I say from my own experience that would help? I don't know. But I do know this. The Word existed way long time before God ever made a star, before He ever made anything. The Word was alive and well and dwelled with God. And the Word was God. And He is the Word. He he is His Word. And He became flesh and dwelt among men. There's no mistake in that one. We know Beyond a shadow of a doubt, he was alive and dwelled with men. And here's one of the things uh, for you folks that say, oh, you know, I'm not even sure I believe. Well, let me tell you something. God has placed it inside of a man's heart to know that there is a God. He placed it in your heart to know. And so you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that he exists. And when you look at the stars at night and you see the veins and the leaf and you see animals and water running and the mountains and the trees and the sky and certain clouds, you know. And when you know, then you have to do something about it. Well, I say you have to, but you don't have to. But you know what? You should. You should do something about it because he has presented you with the greatest fact known to man, and that is that he exists. Once you know he exists, then it's all choices, isn't it? You choose. You say, well, you know, I'm gonna, I'm okay with it. Or, or like some, you hate him. There, there's a hate. Some people have a hatred for God and his purity and what he's doing. They think it's all his fault and how could he let people suffer and how could he do some of the things and allow some of the things on earth? Well, you know what? Man is responsible for his own actions. Even in the garden, we chose not to obey and we chose not to take the word of warning. He warned them. 
He said, if you eat of, of that tree, you'll have the knowledge of good and evil and it'll turn around and make you miserable. And yeah, it turned around and made them miserable. It made them plumb miserable. They'd, they wished they'd never known. They wished they'd never ate that. But God had, had it all covered. He said, well, you know, I know they're going to do this, but I love them and I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to create man anyway. He knew what would happen. And he said, it's worth it. Because he himself would come to earth and pay the price that it took to save them. And he did. He came to earth, saved them, you know, pre presented a plan that says, I will save you. And therefore, man can choose his salvation plan, plan A, or he can reject it. He's such a gentleman, he gives us all a choice. Says, you know, here's your choices. Uh, I'll give it, give you all that you need to have, but you have to choose it. I'm not going to force you, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, by the wooing of my spirit, by the, by the actual calling inside your heart of a spirit that says, come to me and I'll give you rest. Come to me and you won't have to labor in the world like you did. Yeah, come to me and you can unload all that stuff. And you can take it off your shoulders and you can give it all to the Lord. And you can say, Lord, cleanse me, for I have sinned. I've been a grievous sinner. And I give it all to you, Jesus. And in that moment, when you're on that altar, and you're saying things like that, the Holy Spirit will come. And he will give you rest and he will give you cleansing, contentment, peace and joy. He'll let you know that you've done the right thing and that you can come and enter in to the peace that lasts forever. If there's a way that you can get on that altar tonight, just turn it around right now. Stop your car. Stop what you're doing. Turn everything off and go lay on that altar. It might be in your closet. It might be beside your bed. It might have to be in your car alone somewhere parked. It's not easy. And for some people, it's the hardest thing they've ever done. But once you give it up and, it's, and you say yes, then you will reap eternity. I just pray that you'll do that tonight in the, G, in the name of Jesus. So long till next week. God bless you. God be with you. Amen. <laughs>